1: Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX but did you know
2: they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few.
1: Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com sports. That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
3: We've got to start in the NBA, and we start with the beer. James Harden did it again. The Rockets beat the Knicks 114-110 at Madison Square Garden on Wednesday night. James Harden continued his incredible run, a career-high 61 points for the NBA's leading scorer. So, RJ, what is the Vegas perspective on what we're seeing with James Harden?
4: It's my belief that if sports didn't echo mere society, how interesting would it be? And I don't think near is interesting. I think Colin Cowherd right here on Fox Sports Radio does a wonderful job of showing how, hey, see what's happening on the field? That's a sign of what's happening in society. And oh, by the way, see who the crowd and what the crowd is cheering for and what they're booing? That tells you something about society, too. Now, Colin, youthful, slim, but he's getting up. there. I noticed a few more grays lately, right? He's got that little beginnings of that old man on the porch. Now, doesn't mean he's wrong. A lot of those old men are pretty smart. But I think one of the things we're going to be doing as the months and years go by is look at Colin's takes and say, hey, it's probably got some merit, but is he missing something? Is there something about the youth, the next generation, that he's missing? And I don't agree with him on this Harden take. So the way Colin's presenting it, in my opinion, and I'm sure many of you you listen to The Hard, and if you don't, you should, one of the uh, not only most entertaining shows, I think, but it really sets the debate as much as any show on radio when it comes to the sports conversation It feels like it's the, hey, teamwork is what matters, showboats, guys that want to score a bunch of points, guys that's worried about their own stats over the team, me over we is the way this is being framed by Colin, by many people, and saying, yeah, it's pretty impressive that Harden's scoring all these points. But you know what else would be impressive? If an NBA player took 10 three-quarter shots, Court shots a game. So literally shooting from the own free throw line 10 times a game. And if they made two of them, like that would be impressive, wouldn't it? But it wouldn't help you win. (laughs) So I think what Colin is saying, I know what he's saying, is Harden's super impressive. His talents are super rare. But it's not helping the Rockets win. Now, Fez, I guess we can just start here. I'm in a bad spot. With these Rockets on a personal level, Maybe I'm feeling personally about it. (laughs) Why don't you recap where we're at? We'll play a little game show music behind it.
5: So three games ago, Harden was kicking some serious butt, and I told RJ, you know what? It's unsustainable. Without Capella, without Chris Paul, this team is not going to be able to continue to win and most importantly cover. I'd love to just blindly bet against the Rockets going forward. And, RJ, you chimed in and said, I'll take that action, Fez. So, for the next seven games, we've got to bet on each and every game on the Houston Rockets against the spread. So, for the Rockets, 0-3 against the spread.
4: Now, here's what's interesting about Fezik. He just did that recitation Understanding exactly how many games was lost. Like he didn't miss one fact. <laughs> but when he has losing weeks, he comes in and said, Oh, did I lose that game? I didn't remember that. Did we really bet that? I mean, Brad, I mean, I've never seen a guy. It's like the guy when he when he gets a bad score in his ACT, it's like I was drunk the night before. I don't remember what I got. But if they got a good score, it was like, yep, 26. So, all right, we'll excuse that though, Fez. Now. I think what you said though belies why I thought I had the right pick. You said it's not sustainable. So if I say Harden's approach isn't sustainable, what do you mean by that? Meaning, do you mean you couldn't do that for months and months because physically you'd wear down? Yes. Okay. That's why I thought, okay, and here was my thinking take a small sample of games. Maybe I should have picked five, but I picked seven thinking, Well, he's not going to wear down in seven games. And the theory to me was the rest of the team, seeing that Harden was getting this much attention, seeing that Harden was doing this because of some other absences, they would all say, hey, guys, let's finish the job. This is a time with all the injuries that we could really struggle. Harden's taking us on our backs, the whole team on his back. Let's go and do whatever we can to contribute. And I would agree with you. If I knew Harden was going to have to do this the rest of the year and I could fade, auto-fade them the last 10 games of the season where the sustainability becomes an issue, then I would have been against Harden. I just didn't see sustainability being the issue. And I would make the following case. It hasn't been. His best game during this span was what, which game?
5: His last game.
4: Okay, so if, in theory, if you're getting tired, you don't do better. No, 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 you might have another pitch here, but true or false, do you think that, that fatigue is Harden's problem? No. Okay, so this sustainability debate that people are making, I agree 100%, okay? But we're not talking about sustainability over 5, 7, 10 games. A guy can do a Herculean effort during that time. All right, so I think that whole sustainability argument goes out the window. We're straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell recapping Harden how some people are mm, critiquing his amazing performance. I think maybe unfairly. Now, the next argument from Colin was, oh, this is ISO ball. This This is so contrary to team. And, Brad, you've got a number that's been making the rounds but this, this is just shocking.
5: So five consecutive games, James Harden has now scored 260-plus points without the benefit of an assist, basically a pass that contributes to the made basket. 260-plus points now in the last 20 years. No player has scored more than 53 points without the benefit of that kind of help.
4: Okay, so literally, just to keep it simple— No assist means you're not getting a pass that makes it easy to make a basket. Harden's had five straight games with a ton of points without a single one of those passes, right? And no other player in two decades has had even more than 50-some points. So he's had five times as many points without an assist. Yep. So it's like one guy went two days without eating. Harden went 10 days without eating in this analogy. Wow. So I think it reinforces the point the Collins right that Harden's playing iso ball. But is that an indictment? Is there something wrong with that? Because I would make the following case, Fez. Daryl Morey, one of the most intelligent, well-respected intellects in basketball, GM for the Rockets. He designed this offense. He went after Harden for Harden to be at the top of the key doing what he does. Now, considering... If you don't have your wingman, you don't have your number two wingman, it might be a little, or maybe not might, it will be a little bit more extreme, but wouldn't the case be made that Houston last year was the most ISO ball team in the NBA? Yes. You might want to expound on that a little bit. Well, we should just get a drop of they, Fez. No, they th- and when I know the answer, it'll I'll just go, yes.
5: Well, they, they, <laughs> Houston thrives on analytics. They thrive on getting open threes and getting dunks. And it makes a lot of sense. Well, how do they get the open threes? They've become the master, especially Harden, at doing a step back three with ISO ball um, being a big part of that.
4: But what we're saying here is the idea that Harden is going to not have a ton of assists, uh, or let's say he's not going to benefit from a ton of assists. And he's going to score in isolation. That is the, the design of the offense. It is, yes. And by the way, correct me if I'm wrong, but by all accounts, if Chris Paul wasn't injured last year, that at the end of the series against Golden State, that Golden State was an underdog against Houston. So entering game six, if Chris Paul were healthy, the Rockets were favored to dethrone the champions. Absolutely correct. Playing a slight variation of the iso ball we are seeing today. Yes. All right, so how much of an an indictment can it really be if iso ball led to perhaps the best team went healthy last year, right? I mean, Rockets had a better regular season record, right? Yeah, yeah, they won sixty-four games. All right, the better regular season record than the Rock or than the the Golden State Warriors. Right, and they would have been favored except for an unforeseeable injury to beat them in the playoffs. Correct. There's nothing wrong with ISO ball. So what we figured out here is sustainability. Well, it doesn't need to be sustainable because these players won't be injured and Harden won't have to do so much for a, a super extended period. Number two, ISO Ball was very successful last year. We've also agreed that Harden's doing something that is Herculean, that is rare. Maybe, maybe he's the only person, maybe him and Jordan, maybe there's five people in the history of the NBA that could ever have a streak like this. Think about that, doing something that only five people maybe, maybe ever could do. None of it's bad, except, well, that I'm paying you guys every time they lose. They're not covering the spread. So, as much as we can analytically go through and kind of knock down Colin, in our opinion, we're knocking down Colin's criticisms, but something's
5: wrong. What do you think it is, Fez? Yeah, it's easy. Houston, other than Harden, doesn't have any players. They got one other decent player, Eric Gordon, and every one of their other players is just replacement level.
4: So, you got. So, what you're saying is. Considering the givens, given the givens of who's on the court for the Rockets, the way Harden's playing is the best this Rockets team could be.
5: Exactly. He is carrying a lottery team to win after win each night, and Houston's just overvalued in the marketplace because of reputation.
4: So that leads finally to two results. One is anyone being critical. It's hard to be critical if this approach is the best possible approach, given the givens. Right, I don't like Arby's. Nothing against it. But if it's the only place in town, I'm eating at Arby's, and I'm feeling like I'm doing better than not eating at all. Harden's doing the best he can with what he's got. But how is it that I'm still losing these bets? It seems like I've just made this amazing case that I got myself in a great spot, but somehow the marketplace isn't accounting for how uh, depleted the Rockets are other than Harden, and thus I'm laying a premium, expensive with The Rock.
5: Exactly right. You were right about Harden. I was wrong. I thought that Harden would be hitting the wall by now, but I was right about that supporting cast. Without Capella, without Chris Paul, there's just no playmakers other than Harden.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Guys, we're gonna start with the Super Bowl here on Straight Out of Vegas this segment, and it's regarding an injury update. So every single day here leading up into the big game between the Patriots and the Rams, we're gonna have something newsy, a news item from the game. And this coming from Sean McVay a short time ago in talking with the media. Sean McVay, coach of the Rams, says kicker Greg Zerline, Greg the leg, responsible for the 57-yarder that put the Rams in this position, has a left foot sprain but they don't expect his status to change for the game. So, RJ, what is the Vegas takeaway on the injury to
4: Zerline? It feels like that we just predicted Greg the Leg mania just a couple days ago. We were joking about it here. Imagine if there was a Nancy Kerrigan-type attack (laughs) on Greg the Leg, (laughs) right? And then we said, what would we do? Well, if Fezzik were watching it live, just like Gordon Gecko. Remember in Wall Street, they said – A minute or 20 seconds after the Challenger blew up, he was on the phone short NASA.
0: Money never sleeps, pal.
4: Well, Fez would be on the phone saying, under field goals, under field goals, (laughs) after Greg
5: the leg going down. Now, Fez, what are you going to do with Greg the leg? I'm probably going to do nothing, but I was about to make a bet, RJ. Will there be a missed kicked extra point? and laid minus 350 on this bet. I, so you were going to bet no. I was going to bet no. I'm no longer going to make that bet based upon so the So you believe just
4: based upon the injury uncertainty, Greg the Legs, performance, uh, you think that there's a material
5: chance it suffers?
4: Possibly.
5: And yeah. It could and be mental. Th- I don't want a kicker that's just worried about something else. Okay, so if you believe some factor,
4: injury, mental, possibly, in a material way. Now, think about what I mean possibly in material, meaning if I think there's a 50% chance that a key player is going to miss a game, but the market doesn't know, I'm betting against that team. Even though half the time I'm going to be wrong, the half the time I'm right, I'm going to be so right, it's all going to even out to be a good bet long term. So what you're saying is there's enough chance that Greg the Leg is going to be somehow limited that you are more pessimistic about his ability to kick field goals. So if it stops you – or extra points. So if it stops you from saying, hey, there's not going to be any missed extra points, why wouldn't you want to fade Greg the leg
5: in other spots? Well, I might. Because you got to think the premiums on him, because we're talking about Greg the leg. Yeah, and I think the value could well be looking to have New England. I know have the what it could be. A- I know what it could be. I'm asking you why you're not doing it. Because usually, whoever kicks the longest field goal, it's more about getting that opportunity. Because most kickers are going to make their 48 yard field goal. It's just are the Patriots going to have a 48 yard attempt, or is it going to be the Rams, and that's going to determine your bet, not so much the health of the kicker.
4: But if the kicker's not as good. Yeah, What do you think? It doesn't make sense to me. It seems like if you are saying, I'm not betting the extra point prop because I think that Greg the Lake could be limited, it seems like you'd want to fade Greg the Lake.
5: Yeah, in other spots. And it's not like you can't get after a lot.
4: I'm not saying there's not other factors, but those other factors are built into the number. But in a way, this is the great example of how complex these props are. And there's hundreds and hundreds of bets. And Fez, you talked about it. Literally, you expect to have about 30 prop bets. Now, we're, next week, we've made a commitment. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Each day, we're given a prop bet of the day. One from me, one from Brad, three from Because Why? Because you are literally the best in the world at these props. We've got two macro, big-picture prop tips we're going to give now that also... Because remember, half our audience, by the studies, doesn't even bet sports. I think these tips have hidden life lessons in them. So tip number one, Steve Fezzik, is the whole difference with the needle and the haystack Type props.
5: Yeah, so you want to look to avoid them, and this is what the public loves to So give to me bet. an example. like First touchdown. Player to score first. First touchdown. Exact final There's going to be score. like you know,
4: 15 or 20, 30 people on the list.
5: Exactly.
4: Now, my thought might be if I'm Jonas, I'm not going to say necessarily, but Jonas, tell me if you agree with this. <laughs> Oh, look, you could look at him. He's 20 to one. That could be a big payout. You've probably said that before, right? Well,
3: let me tell you, this is a true story. The Super Bowl, <laughs> the Super Bowl involving the Broncos and the Seahawks at MetLife. I'm not kidding you. I've got proof. I was one for 17 in my bets. One for 17 in my bets. So, yes, I'm and that thus guy. And has a job in radio. Yes, I am that guy. So don't feel bad for calling me out and putting my name on those fans who make these bets. I am them.
5: And one of my earliest Super Bowl memories was at Caesar's Palace. And the guy next to me, it was a Bronco San Francisco Super Bowl. Broncos, of course, got crushed. He holds up a ticket. He says, I can't believe I blew a buck on Sammy Winder. There it was. Sammy Winder, first touchdown. <laughs> five to one, RJ. So why are those bets bad? Because the nasty bookie takes too much vigorish. If you bet on each and every player, you would wind up losing half your bankroll.
4: Okay, so that's a key point. If you can bet both sides, yes, no, over, under, the bookie can't hide the expense. So, for example, minus 110 on Patriots right now, minus two and a half, minus 110 on Rams, plus two and a half. You can bet either side, the VIG, the hold percentage on that, less than 5%. A typical sports book with one of these first scoring props, Fez. What is a typical hold percentage? 40%. Wow. Eight times as expensive, but here's the key. You can't see it. You have to actually get an Excel sheet and do the math to extract out what the hold is. So here's life lesson number one of two. If expenses are hidden, be very scared because they're probably charging you more. That's why they're hiding those expenses. We got one more tip today. Straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell talking to Steve Fezzik, prop
5: expert it's get down early exactly and if you have a prop that you like and you want to and you know everyone else is going to bet it and it has value don't wait bet it immediately i'll give an example if i can here super bowls the last 20 super bowls the second half has has outscored the first half 15 times there's been one push Four times the first half has been higher scoring. Super Bowl starts slow. There's higher scoring in the second half. So if you're going to bet which half's going to be higher, second half or first half in scoring, bet the second half now because it's very, very likely to inflate. Okay, so what you're
4: saying is very confusing. So let's – everyone collectively across the country – now, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. Otherwise, close your eyes and try to forget what Fezzik just said. Okay, I did. Now – What he should have said was this there's a prop and it's second half, first half, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that it opens up in a way that the second half is a great bet. The odds makers every year just open it up. And what's that opening price, Fez? The second half is a small favorite minus 120. All right. So small favorite minus 120, second half. But the betters, guys like Fezic, the professionals, they know, oh, second half is so much better, thus they bet it thousands of dollars at a time, and the odds on the second half get
5: more and more expensive. And where does it typically close? Typically closes the second half minus 165.
4: So if you bet against the opener with these odds, you're betting against the odds maker and, and, the, and the bookies. And in a way, you've got to give them a little credit. They're putting out hundreds of props. you are going to be robotic about some of them. And they figure, let guys like Fezzik tell us where we're wrong and we'll make the move. It won't hurt us too much. So if you want to bet against Fezzik, you don't. Bet late. If you want to bet against those odds makers, which much easier to beat, bet early before Fezzik takes all the good value. It's almost like those midnight sales on Black Friday. Why do you think everyone's in line? They want the best deals. You show up there at 5.30 on Friday, it's all picked over. Right. Well, Fezzik's picking over all these props when you're <laughs> napping, so bet early is his advice.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Outta Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
4: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And
3: I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. We've got a doubleheader tonight, Thursday night on TNT in the NBA, tipping off a little over an hour from now. It's the Warriors at the Wizards. And right now on pregame.com, Golden State is a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite on the road.
4: You know, we have leans and likes on this show. And Fez goes, best bet on this game. I go, Fez, we're not doing best bats. That's what we do at the end of the week for football. He goes, I really like this one. This is a best bat. I said, okay, Fez, this can be a special best bet.
5: Yeah, made a big bet on the Washington Wizards, plus 9.5. Two reasons I really like this game, RJ. Flat spot for Golden State. They were just in Los Angeles for the weekend, took care of business, blew out the Clippers, blew out the Lakers. Now they have to fly all the way across the country to the East Coast, playing a Washington squad that's not well thought of, and Golden State has a game at. Hold on a ball- second. Not well thought of. What does that mean? Well, they're twenty and twenty-six, and they don't have so John a bad Wall. Team. Well, the perception is that they're a bad team without John Wall. But the reality is, the the Wizards have been playing every bit as good without John Wall as they did with him.
4: And how much of a line adjustment do you think the absence of Wall has caused? Two and a half points. So you're saying the market is saying, "Oh, John Wall, big name. Without him, Wizards not near as good." Let's adjust two and a half points. But in truth. The numbers are telling you, your eyes are telling you, Wizards are just as good this year without John Wall.
5: Yes, they are 7-3 and three straight up their last 10 games, and on the current homestand, 4-1, and one, only loss in overtime, loss for the Wizards. So your best bet, not a like. You like it, and it's a best bet. Yes, the Wizards plus 9.5.
4: Okay, and the theory with the Warriors is... And we talk about it all the time in the NBA, motivation is so key, and you're saying maybe a flat spot. Exactly. All right, so guys, listen, what we do is we'll give you all the TV games that matter, a leaner alike. Fez is saying this is more than that. Best bet for him, Washington.
3: What about motivation, Kevin Durant going back home to D.C., seeing Klay Thompson go off the game before?
4: Any thoughts, Fez? And, again, sometimes their storylines, quite frankly, that are interesting just aren't necessarily driving uh, line moves or anything. So this is one you didn't consider. I did not.
3: Guys, uh, after the Warriors and the Wizards go final on TNT, we've got the Timberwolves and the Lakers at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time tip off. In L.A., though, right now on pregame.com, the Lakers minus LeBron James are a one-point favorite.
4: Ooh, favored without LeBron.
5: Yeah, and I'm going to lean to the Lakers here. I think the Lakers have to bring a sense of urgency to the next two games. They're both winnable games here. They're hosting Minnesota. They're hosting Phoenix. After this, RJ, look at that. They have to play at L. They have to play at the Clippers, at Golden State, at Indiana, at Boston, at Philly. They're going to fall out of the playoff race if they don't win these games. So I lean to the Lakers tonight. Right out of